Todd and Rob in the afternoon. Easy. Easy start to the show. Rob, welcome back to... Yeah, where'd that come from? <laughs> oh, that, that one was just the, I don't know, short blurb. You were expecting the full blast, but... Uh... I was. Wow. Let's keep it uh, keep it short and to the point. Yeah. There we go. So yeah. uh, here we are, everyone. Welcome back. And it's been a couple of weeks and uh, I was on travel. Rob was on travel. We're going to do a yep. show this week and then I'm going to be on travel next week again. So it's crazy. Well, I'm... I'm going to be out of the pocket again next week too. Oh, so that so. so then it's uh yep. so it is what it is. So uh but here we are and welcome everyone to the new media show. And uh yep, I feel rusty having not done the show in 2 weeks. I know. Well, we had the Facebook show was our last episode, right? So yeah. that was a big big show. I think the industry really enjoyed having access to being able to hear directly from those folks. So I think it was uh, good. We shall see if they have the impact that is uh, potential there. So it, it was yeah. uh, interesting. A few people that um, are not in the podcasting space had saw the interview. Like, wow, you guys got. To, I'm like, this is what we do. This is what we are. You know. So it is what it is. We've been, but been doing it for years. And yeah. and, and I did get covered in uh, Pod News. A unique story about being acquired while acquiring a beard right (laughs) (laughs) for for no shave november yes and uh so raising some money here for for the for the uh no shave month to uh raise awareness for prostate cancer ah really yeah kidding yeah so uh supposed to take every penny that i don't use on you know product razors shaving cream. So in the end, it's not going to be in that much money because I'm bald. I don't go to a barber. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll make some, some arbitrary donation to the probably hundred bucks or something to, yeah, to the group. Sure. But I don't know. It's so far, uh, you know, I've gotten compliments by both men and women, which is interesting. So yeah, I think yeah, it's good. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, I thought there's a lot more salt than pepper though in the, uh, well, in it that's so far. true. That's what happens. Yeah. 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 If I don't use it's kind cre- of a it's kind of a reversal. If only we could switch your head to be like this way, right? You'd be happier, yeah. Right? Well, I don't use Grecian <laughs> formula like you do, Rob, to keep my hair from being gray. So uh <laughs> I don't actually I, I don't actually do that actually. So yeah. Oh, oh well I, I was trying to get a get a rise out of you there, but I guess yeah, I failed to right. do so. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. But, I mean it's 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 a little bit gray and I I I have done it in the past, but it's, it's not something that I've actively done over the last year. So, cause why, why should I don't go anywhere? So yeah, I don't care. Right? That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, anyway, but I did go somewhere. Yeah. Last you went to Florida. Yeah. How, yeah. Was, how was the e- event? It was good. Um, Podfest um, origins, um, which was part of Chris Kermitzo's, um, podcasting events was, uh, was great. It was in a, a, um, I was in a large arena, right. Um, in, uh, Tampa. So it was kind of in the upper, upper areas of the, uh, seating, um, areas, not part of the seating, but mm-hmm. more like in the club areas and the food service areas and things like that is where the event was held in some, some aspects of it. And then they, at the lower level, they, they actually have meeting rooms and things like that. So we actually did that down, down there as far as the conference, but it was a, a uh, melding between um, Bitcoin blockchain <laughs> conference 
and a podcasting conference, oh, which was interesting. very, very interesting. There was a lot of cross pollination between the two events. So, which made the event a little bit larger because, um, there were people there that were interested in <clears throat> that cyber currency stuff. And that was, seems like that a, was an interesting mix. It seems like right. a lot of podcasters that we know are getting, are into crypto and it's just kind of, it just seems kind of this weird meld, but from a podcast side, I know it was a event planned at really at the last minute. Yeah. You know, right. did, did they have, was it mostly just Florida people that came in? Yeah, I would say that that would be the general comment about it. Um, there were quite a few people that flew in from various parts, but I would say that most of the, most of the podcast people that were there were probably Florida based people, right? Um, the folks from the blockchain and, and Bitcoin side, um, I, I think we're mostly from Florida as well. So, hmm. but that's, that's not unusual for, for Chris's events. I mean, he does attract a strong pool of attendees from Florida to all of his events because most of them are based in Florida. It's, it's not like podcast movement that bounces around the country into different yeah. cities. So um, what was the head count? I would say for Podfest Origins, just the in-person event. So you got to keep in mind that he had multifaceted uh, aspects of this. He also had that video um, conference too. So he was talking about YouTube and and that kind of stuff in a separate event. Um, so he had multiple things going on, and then multiple uh, kind of kind of virtual events too. So that went on before the in-person event. So, um, so it, it's hard to say how many total people attended if you count the, the virtual side, but I would say the in-person side was probably maybe a hundred people probably. Yeah. So it was fairly small on that side. And then you add to probably another two or three or 400 people on the Bitcoin and blockchain side. And you can, en you can envision a fairly, a fairly active event. I mean, it wasn't a huge venue really right, at right. the end of the day. So yeah, there was a lot of people around. So there were people to talk to and experience um, and go to sessions. It was basically one presentation stage um, that just had uh, presentations going on all day for each of the days. Um, so it's not like there were multiple tracks. So, you know, most of the attendees just went to the same track. So, yeah. So it was good. And it was all, all recorded. So I, I would imagine that the content will be put out um, in video and, um, form at some point on demand. So yeah, I did a presentation down there about the current state of podcast distribution and how, um, how co complex that's becoming. <laughs> right. But it's, uh, you know, it's interesting things that are happening, you know, from a podcaster right. standpoint, because there's this assumption right now if a podcaster is uh, hears a number being proclaimed that Spotify has the highest number of user interactions, whatever they're trying to say, and trying right. to claim their number one in some demographic, we're getting lots of support tickets from people that are like, what's wrong? How come I'm only 7% Spotify? And I'm 53% Apple and mm -hmm. what's wrong? How come things are broken? We're, you know, we're way off the national average and blah, blah, blah. And we're, you know, when you respond to them and say, no, you're not, you're not off the national average and you're on, you're on average distribution over there. Then they yell at us. You're wrong. 
This is wrong. This is wrong. We've heard this and read this and did this and did that. And we're like, no, we're, you're, you're wrong. It's, well, it isn't that they're wrong. Right. They're being given, given information yeah. that isn't really accurate. That's right. Um, it may be accurate to a certain platform, um, but it may not be accurate to their particular inclusion in that Spotify catalog. That's right. <laughs> so it's, you know, so, and, and we're, and we're just now, it, this is starting to poke its head up because right. everyone just assumes that when they get on Spotify, they're going to have 50% of the audience is participating over there. And mm. it's just not the case. And, uh, I think it really does. I, I think when people look at their numbers and again, every show is going to be a little bit different, but I think podcasters need at some point to start pushing back and calling these companies out or making these wild claims because it is, it's a wild claim and you know, you're not a promoted show over there. You're not even first tier, second tier. You're a third tier show. And, and and don't take this wrong. First tier would be Rogan and any signed shows on Spotify. Second tier would be anyone that has a network deal with Spotify. That's second tier. So that Mm -hmm. makes up six, 700 shows. And then the rest is everyone else. And that's, right. that's third tier. So and you're splitting your, your, your audience with a lot of other listening platforms. A lot of those shows that maybe you're comparing yourself to are shows that are exclusive on Spotify, which means that th- those, some of those shows are getting a hundred percent of their audience from Spotify. Right. So that, that, that kind of skews the numbers, right? Um, the more shows that they add that are exclusive skews the overall numbers. It does. It does. Right. And, but, but it also is it's a demographic situation too. It's a complex situation. I mean, a, a platform that comes out and makes a statement that, that the shows on my platform are getting half of their audience from Spotify. Mm-hmm. Well, it may be true to that platform. Right. It may not be true to the broader space because we don't have numbers from everybody collated into one pile mm-hmm. and that we can make these extrapolations. I mean, even, even Lipson, there's a difference between Lipson and Blueberry. On right, this. right. I mean, I mean, we're getting 13% right. of the audience on average across 70 some thousand shows, um, are getting audience from Spotify. You're showing what? 9% or Nine, something like eight, that. 9%, never yeah, broke exactly. 10% ever. But again, right. it's a little bit different too, because we have a percentage of shows that host with us, a percentage of shows that just use stats with us. So I'm seeing a pretty big spectrum globally. And so I'm using, you know, a number of over a hundred thousand shows in our system to come up with that global average. Now I can go in there and cherry pick shows all day long and they're all over. Some are going to be higher and some are going to be lower. They're going to be all over the place, but, uh, it's people get really pissed off. They want to get their share, right? When they, they, they think they are doing something wrong. They think they're doing something wrong when they're. Their stats are skewed and they're not carrying as much water as someone else is. And, you know, they read about this 50% and blah, blah, blah. And so. Or some of the news has been out that Spotify is bigger than Apple. Yeah. Well, okay. You know, but you know, and that's wildly inaccurate. Um, Widely. When you really think about it, because if you look at the, the difference between 
how many downloads flow into the Apple platform versus the Spotify platform, it's not even close. So, you know, oftentimes when they talk about these topics, they talk about users, right? Um, not so much how many actual episodes are actually delivered to a particular platform in total. Right. So also I've been watching some of the news commentary of people talking about their numbers coming back on after Apple made their fix to the Apple podcast app. And actually mm -hmm. I've had to respond to a few customers said, Hey, we saw a dip. Now we're back. You know, they're all freaking out. And I'm like, listen, I said, this is a little bit of ground truth for you. I right. said, I would go back and I would look at the numbers you had, let's say the entire month of September compare that to the numbers you had the entire month of November. If you're mm -hmm. producing the same number of shows, look at the Delta there. If that Delta is 25%, then you need to do a better job at getting the 25% of people that are followers subscribed to you, but not listening mm -hmm. to listen. Yeah. And that's a cold, hard fact because people are, saw that dip. And I said, well, what does it mean? I said, it means that the people that were follow subscribed to you were not getting an automated download and going into a dark hole. It means that they, they really didn't hit play. Right. And, the, right. and what you saw in October was probably, or September, what you saw in September was probably as close as you're ever going to get to true ground truth on how many people are listening to each episode. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point, Todd. I think that, that, that does because a certain amount of episodes get downloaded automatically right. and they don't get listened to. And, and again, so, there's, there's other right. things you can do to mitigate and look at that data. But if you go back then, and it, it just, there was an article in pod news this morning talking about someone was hurt by 5.7 million downloads. Well, maybe those 5.7 million downloads shouldn't have been billed in right. the first place. Now, I'm going to get crucified here, but. Oh, I think you're thinking of ACAST, right? Right. I think they, they reported like five point something percent. Um, oh, was it 5%? I thought it was 5 million. So if, if I, if I'm wrong. Well, it, it could have been 5 million, but I think the percentage was 5%. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was a oh, 5.9%. However, the company made. Right. So yeah. They cost them 50. Okay. They said it cost them 53 million lost listens or 5.9%. Uh, so, so many lis listens lost. So, right. but that may be more accurate numbers than what they were, they're going on normally. <laughs> and, and here was, here's interesting. They're talking about quarter revenue was up 89% year on year. Right. Listens increased to 891 million for the quarter. Estimated Apple podcast download book cost them 53 million. So let's look at that at 900 million divided by three, 300 million. That tells me how big ACAST is. They're not as big as I thought they were. Yeah, I don't think that they have as many shows as but, you or I have on our Well, platforms. you right. know, not, and it doesn't necessarily, I know we're measuring more than they're, than right. they're delivering. Doesn't mean I'm monetized though. Doesn't mean all those are using my hosting right. service. But but still they went they they rose year on year on year to thirty point eight million dollars was their revenue for the year. Mm -hmm. So if now let's let's just I'm those yeah, are good those are good revenue numbers. Yeah. So let yeah. me 
I don't know what's going on with my Mac. The question mark's missing. Oh, there it is. Um, let me get the calculator out here. So if we think about that for a second, if it was 30.8 million and you divide that by 12, that's 2.56 million a month in gross. So if you take um, the 900 million downloads I had and we, we go on that 300, that 300 million downloads. So mm -hmm. let's see if I do the math right here. If I do, so 300 million, one, two, three, one, two, three, divided by, this is, should be high school math here. <laughs> so that leaves me with 300,000 billable CPMs. So if I take that and divide that by, if I, am I going to do that right by 2.56 million? Is that going to get me the, their average CPM that they're earning? Uh, let's see if I do this. <laughs> Two, five, six, zero, 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 zero equals, no, no, wrong the wrong way. Two, five, six, zero, zero, zero. I got to go one more zero. Okay. Divided by, that, yeah, there we go. I'll get it now. Isn't it like $30 CPM? So, so what it tells me is okay. that comes up to $8.5 CPM. So oh, okay. considering, so let's, let's think about this just real carefully here. It, that means to me that they are monetizing about a third of their content because at eight point, little over, little over, little, little less than a little less. Yeah. Let me do that. Right. Cause if you think average CPM being about 25 bucks, right. Then, and again, this is just, you know, this is just Todd and Rob math here. Um, so of those 300 million, they're only, they're only monetizing about a hundred million downloads a month. One, two, three. Yeah. Divided by that. Multiply that by 25 being bada being bada boom, $2.5 million. So, that means that they're monetizing of their 300 million downloads a month. And, and again, if you just look at pure raw income numbers, they're only monetizing about 100 million downloads a month. So that, that would make me see it, reporting this kind of stuff publicly is beautiful because you can always <laughs> back it out on national numbers. Right. But, but if they, if we go back to that 53 million number, that 53 million number. And we divide that by three months. That gives us, uh, 1.76, no, 17.6 yeah. million. So right, 17, yeah, 17 million, 600,000. Um, and I divide that by a thousand equals multiply that by 25. Then yeah, but are those really lost listeners? Those well, well, here's here's my thing. <laughs> here's here's my. They potentially would have built another four hundred forty thousand dollars if they'd have monetized every one of those fifty three per right. month, or one point two million. One point well, yeah, one point two, one point three million, one point three two million. If they had monetized those lost 
and were those actually truly delivered? Well, of course, the IB spec is delivered. Right. Now, let's think about this even further. Let's say an advertiser did pay for those 50 or 17.6 million every month. Month. Right. And they were hoping that on their ad campaigns, the performance would be whatever their backed in CPA was. Mm -hmm. So doesn't it just say something here that potentially the space is absolutely worth a lot more on a CPM basis. If they're, if, if they got overbilled 440,000 dollars every month for stuff that went into a holding bucket and didn't get monetized then really what happened is they were still happy with performance right it had made that inventory even more valuable well but did it actually um did it really have a impact on well i'm just i'm just saying why because i mean i mean the difference between subscribing and right just going in and clicking play um you know there's a certain amount of that stuff that gets delivered but doesn't really get listened to so so that's, is there was it really lost well that's the thing so i would love i would love to hear acast or someone else and i'm acast if you know if we've gotten this wrong please come on the show we'd love to have you Right. Um, would that, would the campaigns, okay. If they, if they didn't, if they had those 50 or 17.6 million lost or the 53 total million lost for the Apple bug of downloads that were lost, mm -hmm. if they, in being that they didn't, couldn't build those cause those were gone. Would right. it not, would not be a great exercise to look at the performance of an advertiser right. in September and an advertiser in November. Look at the performance standards, how they did on a CPA what's base. The, yeah, yeah. What's the return on investment on the campaigns? Right. When, is, yeah. Then we've right. got this other these other downloads thrown back into the stack that are potentially right. subscribed or followed but not listened to. Right. So, hmm, hmm, hmm. And yeah. Apple Podcasts is not the only app. Now let's let's just think about this for a second. So if you take Overcast, Pocket Cast, all the popular ones, that makes up another maybe 10%. Mm -hmm. All of those apps do the same thing Apple Podcasts does. It downloads and stores. Right. So you get paid for those. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what if 33% well, they didn't say. They said uh, we we we'll have to look at the you know to back the math out. We should so five point nine percent. If if they said it was five point nine percent, so if we reduce, so if you got a thousand downloads, and you reduced your reporting by six percent that you mm -hmm. build on, and you went to nine hundred and forty. And build 940 versus 1,000. Now, that, that doesn't make much of a 60, doesn't make much of a difference on 1,000. But when you're at 100,000 or 500,000, you're, you're billing, you know, that's a many multiplier. That's, you know, then you're getting into some real numbers of, right. of overbilling, potentially. 
So the question then is, what would happen if you subtracted 5.9% off your total downloads and that's what you build them every month? What that would do, how the course, would there be a noticeable corresponding bump in performance on the, on the advertising campaign? They completely lose everybody? <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, Todd, wasn't there a research that came out, this was quite a few years ago, saying that um, on a download, um, 80, I think it was 85% of downloads actually get listened to within the first 48 hours. Is that a valid statistic, Todd? Mm. I don't know. I, I think, the, I thought the Edison research folks had that number that they threw out. Here's what but, I, here's what I've always looked at. And this is how I plan media buys. Mm-hmm. I take a show and I look at the last three months. I take right. every episode of what they, of what they had for a download number mm-hmm. for three months, because it, you know, Apple just announced the, what the rules were and how long someone wasn't going to listen before it stopped auto downloading and all that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I take three months and let's say each episode was, you know, 5,200, 10,300, 8,700, whatever it was, I add those up and then divide it by the number of episodes. That's the number that I put in my RFPs. Right. I, I put an average download per episode of, for across three months into my RFPs. Now, the RFPs, and usually when we do the campaign then, I come in a little above, come in a little below. Mm-hmm. And it isn't mm-hmm. perfect, you know, because the show will have a good show, they have a bad show, whatever. And, but I don't use, in a planning standpoint, I don't use like only a month's worth of data to come up with, a, you know, what a show's going to deliver episode up. Because three months, we can pretty well, it's much. It's going to vary. It varies across episodes. And yeah. we're gonna, let's say a show's just doing one episode a month. If I'm looking at three months, then if someone stopped listening in five episodes, Apple's right. quit downloading it. Now, what we really should want what we should really push for is to have all the apps have every app follow the apple behavior now why because of the biggest so overcast pocket cast all those apps if they followed the same rules apple did for someone that was follower subscribed that would allow me to build a model that would basically get real close even closer than we have been in an actual listen, know what the actual listens are. And it's going to, we're never going to get it perfect, but I bet you I can get it within 5% if they decide if everyone followed the same rules. Right. But doesn't that play into the hands to some degree of those that are advocating for just click play experiences, right? It is not, not a subscription experience sure. that that means that you've been able to see that somebody actually actively took a, it's, it's going a, there anyway, a step to actually trigger the playback. Right? It's, it's going there anyway. The number of right. people that follow and subscribe are declining by people that are active playing. And some of right. it's driven by some of these other platforms that are not conducive to, you know, you can't get on an airplane and listen to Spotify. You can't right. get on an airplane and listen to Amazon music. You can't get on an airplane and listen to Pandora. Right. You know, so those platforms have 
you know, in totality got people to be a click. Now, is this affecting the lean in? Someone has done a specific action. I don't listen to podcasts unless I am followed or subscribed. That's I'm old school. Right. You know, and when I'm done listening to a show, I don't hang, keep it subscribed because it's just filling up storage in my phone. Mm -hmm. So I just, I unsubscribe. So it's a thought. Thank goodness phones have a lot more storage these days. So yes, <laughs> compared indeed. to when podcasting started, right? Yeah. But I did notice in the ACAST announcement here that they, they, they are have um, escalating um, year over year losses. <laughs> so I wonder what the situation is with that. So they're, they're basically what spending more than they're bringing in in revenue um, year over year. It's up to 15% of their well, revenue. Don't, don't you know that a they're a public company? So they just put more stock out or something and, you know, prop it up. You would think that you would be more sensitive to that if you're a public company. I've, you would think I so. haven't gone to, to look at their stock price yet, but if they're showing losses like that quarter after quarter, it's probably not helping their stock price. So, but anyway, and I saw that the, the, um, Odyssey folks also reported their quarterly earnings too. It looked like, um, uh, they, they had, that's formally, um, um, cumulus, right. Mm -hmm. Um, they made around 16 million in revenue. Um, I guess it's a total of about 5% of the total company's income. So they're a big radio. I think they're the second, third largest uh, radio network, I think so, something like that. So, you know, it, Speaking of semi-public companies, you guys got right. a new CEO. We did. So, uh, and you know, it's, it cracked me up because I think in an earnings, I think in an earnings call that was made recently, we are not going to uh, have more acquisitions. And then, what do you do? You make more acquisitions. You guys are spending. You guys are spending more money than a drunk sailor is. Uh, you know, going wow. to a cat house. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> some of these deals are better deals than what they might appear. So who knows, right? Okay. So, so you know, it's it's uh it's it, it, it's about evolving our strategy, and I think the Podgo acquisition was really great because it really um is going after some of the things that we talk about on the show all the time is trying to get monetization into smaller shows um, and have those opportunities available to smaller shows to, to get involved in advertising if they choose to and, and having a way to do that because oftentimes advertising, as you know, um, is primarily focused on big shows, um, or larger shows. Um, but yet we're constantly getting screamed at. I know you are, I'm sure because we are, um, how do I make money for my show or yeah. how do I grow my audience? Um, all these things. And that really gets back to the, the topic you let off with is, is people wanting their fair share, all right, yep. um, of, of what the opportunity is. And if they're not growing fast enough, guess what? They're, they're putting pressure on their hosts. They're putting pressure on platforms that are, they don't see as performing for them. Um, and I think that's a, that's a pressure that's been building for a couple of years now. And I'm not sure that we all have the perfect solution to this issue of growing audience on a, on a formulaic basis, right. Where we can guarantee audience growth. Uh, though I think a lot of podcasters would like that. I don't know what you think about that, Todd. Well, I, I won't 
tip my hand, but I would just say that, you know, we're becoming very sensitive to all podcasters being able to monetize. And, right. um, and it's, there is a challenge and, and I'm just going to be upfront with podcasters that are listening right now. Just good side, good side and bad side. You, you are going to have to decide whether or not you're willing to have a little less control. (laughs) Okay. I see where you're going. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You're going to have to decide whether or not you are willing to have a little less control. And, um, in that it means, um, you may not get to pick your advertiser. Right. That's called programmatic. That's right. (laughs) And, um, if, if you can, if you can swallow that, then there's going to be, you know, I think there's opportunities. So it's, but again, um, a small show, even on programmatic is going to continue to earn a small amount of money, mm-hmm. even if they were on a host and or let's say host endorsed, they're still going to make less money, you know, because if, if you've only got a thousand listeners or 2000, it's still a thousand or 2000 listeners and you can right. only get so much money per episode, no matter what kind of advertising you're running. If right. you're running a host endorsed with 2000, maybe you're going to get 50 bucks. If you're running programmatic with 2000 listeners, maybe you're going to end up with 20 bucks um, per episode. But what is, you know, it, it goes back to the early days, Rob, where we were writing check for 15 bucks, 12, right. 15, 25, right. 30. Right. Well, we waited to people who got to 50 before we wrote them a check, but you know, cause it was, we did sit a minimum, but people were happy to get that amount. But they were doing full-on host-endorsed, you know? Right, for that amount. For right. that amount. But today, you know, the, the host-endorsed ads are not coming down into the shows, and we've, we've waited for it for, for 16 years. Right. 17 years, and it hasn't come. And it's not going to come. And it's actually even gotten kind of less accessible over L- time. Let me say that again. Yeah. It's not going to come. Right. Um, well, I think it depends on what we're talking about here. I think that there is a middle ground here that exists between programmatic and host reads, and that's around dynamic ad insertion and right, pre-recorded right. host reads. So, but I think there's, there's a, a line that the industry is trying to figure out right now is how do we actually do host reads at scale? in a, in a uh, programmatic slash dynamic ad insertion environment. I know a lot of the big media companies have been doing it for a while. Um, they can afford to do it. Um, they can pre-record host reads and do utilize dynamic ad insertion to get that ad into the content. Um, that, but you know, in the past it's been a fairly expensive process to do that. Hasn't been accessible to a lot of podcasters. So at the end of the day, Todd, it's it's not so much whether it's programmatic or dynamic ad insertion or host reads or what, whatever. It's really at the end of the day, it's about the content of the ad. But again, when it comes right down to it, and how it's created, how authentic is it, how fun is it, how integrated into the medium it is. Again, it has to be at scale. You, right. You can't do. I, I, believe me, I know this too well. I we built the company right. on that model, I, and right. I understand the. The work, the work involved 
well, and again, these were host read ads, not programmatically and are not they were baked not, in. They were baked right. in. Right. So we're so talking. They'll always be in there unless they get replaced. We're talking a whole. But here, here's the thing: Are you going to ask a podcaster? All right, this this is the challenge. The podcaster has. Let's say he can make fifty dollars mm-hmm. net on an episode. All right, he does eight episodes a month. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to get that podcaster to read? Eight varying host endorsed scripts and get those up into a system. Right, and get turned around. And right. and and then and then remember during their show where that insertion point's gonna be. And take the time to put that metadata in there. So I, I think about time. I think about my time being worth X number of dollars per hour. So as a right. podcaster, if you are going to spend an hour or more recording your your host endorsed spots, if you're going to plan your show correctly so that it sounds like a national natural transition and find a place to put it in the right spot at the right time, and then document the metadata, you're going to have a couple hours extra, maybe three hours. If you look at the time, extra time. So, all right. So let's say for eight episodes, you get $400. Was that worth three hours of your time? I think a lot of people would say yes. Yeah. But for the show that's a thousand downloads. Probably not. Probably not. It's 250. So um, I I don't know what you, you know, if, if you are working a a minimum wage job now or you're working in service industry and you're getting 16 to 20 dollars an hour and you're doing a podcast um maybe it makes sense but if you're a professional and you're working in a corporation and you know your 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 salary level is a much different level you're really going to think hard about that um so again i think it all depends on on the individual and i I don't want to be mean here I'm just it depends looking. on why you're doing the show too. What's the goals of the show? Is it to support an existing business or is it to right. be an advertising supported show? And that, that drives your choices too. And and then again, we've got people right. that have done all this work mm-hmm. on other platforms and gotten 60 cents. Right. right. Yeah. So that is not monetization. That's slavery, you know, for... <laughs> That that is that that's not monetization. That's that's you know, you're getting screwed. Um, well, so. there's dangers here too because um, the the tendency that happens once you have these choices in front of you. Because I've worked for a platform that had all these choices around host reads, uh, programmatic insertion points, all that stuff, um, and we've talked about this on the show before. Too around um, advertising overload, right? Um, that's the dangers of going down this path too. Is that the there's going to be a lot of temptation to say, okay, I I, I had two host reads in my my show. Um, they were both like thirty to sixty seconds, and I'm just going to add uh, a couple of insertion points for programmatic. I don't um, I don't think. Well, yeah. Then you then you've got 
two programmatic and you've got two host reads and you're to add load of four. And some of those platforms that utilize programmatic give you the option to have as many as two to three ads per insertion point. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can select between them being 15 second, 30 second, 60 second, um, pre-recorded ads. And what I've seen people do is they basically take the numbers and they multiply them, right? So right. each ad inserted, um, ad is its own separate CPM, That's right. right? That's so right. you're getting like $8 CPM or something like that for each of those segments. So if you do two ads in one insertion, you know, you're essentially getting $16, dollars, right? Right. Total. So if you do two of those, you can get, uh, $32, right? Yep. Uh, if you do two breaks and then you throw in, so let's say you're doing a host read on top of that, that maybe gets you another 50 bucks or something. So you can kind of see how that, that kind of steamrollers into something that you can make a hundred bucks an episode or something like that. Um, but what does that create for the listener? That creates a, a, a show that has basically up to like six ad spots, right? which is about the the upper limit of what I would ever <laughs> recommend a show to have, depending on uh, how long the well, show is. You know, and here's what I, I know what my limit is for my Geek and Center show. It's two. Right. It's right. two for an hour and 10 minutes. It's, it's also two. about setting expectations yeah. with your audience too. I mean, I mean, shows that start out with no advertising and then they start adding advertising. Um, I've seen shows go from no advertising to like six ads, like overnight. Cause you can do that with this technology and you can go back and do ad replace onto all your old episodes too. So you basically are monetizing your back catalog as well as monetizing any future episodes that you do. And, um, you know, that comes potentially with a cost and that's your audience. So I think we have to console mm -hmm. podcasters and be very, very careful that, they're going to figure it out because what they're going to see is they're going to see what happened to me was the stats were growing, 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 growing. I went to three ads and the, you know, the numbers started going down I got rid of the ad and the audience started coming back. So, you, you know, don't always know if it was the ads or not, but you're, Oh, you I know, knew it was because people you have were, a sense. Right? Well, it wasn't going to sense. I had e emails coming in that were crucifying me. Oh, okay. Well, okay. That's all other matter. You know, right. you're like three ads. Yeah. You give us a break. Right. You know, two, two. We can handle two. And of course, I don't Selling ever. Out. And and yeah. I don't I don't hold the sixty seconds. I'm more of a, you know, talking till it's done type of guy. So right. if I was doing a two minute, a two minute, and a three minute, well, you know, of course they were pissed off. Yeah, and I want to be clear too. I'm not poo pooing this as as all bad, I think, you know, it's easy for us to get pigeonholed talk sure. and uh, talking about advertising and dissuading people from it. No, I don't but want to dissuade what, anybody. Yeah. I mean, but, but we, we like to tell the the truth because what we don't want to have is people getting into something and then making a mistake with it um, that hurts them um, instead of hits their goals. And then that creates a domino effect of other issues. So, I'm a proponent of, of, um, dynamic ad insertion. Um, if it's done responsibly, <laughs> right. And that includes programmatic too. Yeah. Um, so, so that's my, my position on it. And I, I've worked extensively in programmatic. I've worked extensively in the dynamic ad insertion stuff. 
going way back to my time working for Podcast One back in 2014. So mm-hmm. involved in that and then working for Spreaker. Uh, Spreaker has an extensive programmatic platform that I worked with when I was there. And so I can see the the two worlds and how they they coalesce and um, and sometimes don't coalesce. Right. So, right. So anyway, that's, yeah. you know, what we're seeing. And it's just that. It's our soapbox for the day. Yeah. Right. Da da ding da da ding da da ding ding ding. Right. I, I think that uh, overall, though, the news has slowed down a little bit. It's gotten a little quieter. It's gotten quieter, but it's also gotten more international. Of course, that's that's probably James James Cridlin's uh, right. contribution to the space. Is that we're we're definitely hearing more about things that are happening outside of the U.S. You know, in Brazil and the Middle East and, and there's, there's, you know, in Dubai and things like that, that things are happening outside of the U S more and more. I keep hearing about it too. I don't know if you've been talking to the podcast show that's coming up in the spring in London, uh, but they've, they've got a pretty aggressive program going well, on there with the, except they won't, event. except they won't tell me how many actual registrations they have today. They're claiming they're going to have 6,000 people. At they that event. They probably don't have any registrations yet. Who knows? Well, know. you know, they're, they're giving all these predictions and, uh, I'm like, okay, uh, I've been to two or three live events already and they were, the numbers were way down. Yeah. And well, even, even podcast movement had that happen, right? So, so, you know, uh, you still have draconian travel restrictions in many of these countries to get in and out. Um, you know, there's, because the UK of Brexit, um, it's not as easy for people to travel into the UK or out of the UK. And, you know, it's, it's not as clean. There's additional paperwork you have to do. So I have heard that, that cases are, are trending up again in Europe right now. So, you know, if we, it's, this is going to continue forever. You know, we just, it's get vaccinated and be done with it. Um, the, the um how's i gonna say so don't you, you know i i want here's what i want all right to, for me to pack up go across the pond that's and take a couple of people that's going to be probably before it's all over 20 grand mm-hmm. May, maybe 15 grand i want to support the event want to go over and do it but if I go over there and they promise me 6,000 attendees and there's only 1,000, then I want attendance guarantees to, to right. attend, to exhibit. I, you know, and if you don't deliver those attendees, I get a refund. Right, right. I get some yeah. money back. That's a good point, Todd. Yeah. No. It would be interesting to have an event do that. I, I've well, never I, an event doing that. I send an email back to the person that's talking to me and say, what are I laid this out and I'm have yet it's crickets are probably, well, we're not going to talk to them, but I'm serious. If I'm going to go spend big money to go to it and I, we want to support events. Don't get me wrong, but we are in a different era right now. Things have changed. Yeah, I agree. And it's not changing back anytime soon. Right. Yeah. That's been, 
painfully clear at times as well in my own experience here over the last couple of months. Right. Robert said podcasting should be paid on downloads, not CPMs. It is. It is on downloads. It's per 1,000 downloads is what right. it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. CPM is a cost per million or it's actually, it's kind of, it should be cost per thousand. It's what it really means. It's called, well, it's a cost per milli is what it is. Yeah. Not, a, not a, even a million. Right. A mil, I mean, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think events need to be held accountable to their promises, right? Uh, especially, you know, first year events, I think is, is probably, because that's what this is. This is a, this is a grand experiment. Now, granted, if if you look at the the companies that are sponsoring it already, um, they are peop, um, companies that are based in the UK typically, or they are big uh, multinational corporations that are yep. participating in that that event so far. And they so, and they are not. And right. it so far, it does not smell to me to be an event that is going to. It's very commercial at this point. Yeah, they're well. They're they're piggybacking on a festival, mm-hmm. uh, a, a week long festival that will play in the background behind the uh, two day event. That's never boded well for a podcast event to be attended by podcasters. I think that's a mistake. What to have a festival behind it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a it's a it's a debatable thing. I think they're catering to listeners as well as they are podcasters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's an interesting, you know, I think that was played around with it quite a few events that I went to and it typically mainly happens outside of the U S right now. I think we had some events that played around with it early on, like, um, um, what, what was it? PodCon was one that played around with that mm-hmm. live, live podcasts, um, uh, as part of the conference and that one disappeared. And then was it the podcast uh, festival down in Los Angeles um, that tried to do the same thing and that fizzled away. Um, so there isn't a lot of strong history of events combining festivals with a conference and it having it, um, you know, scale or be successful. Right. So, yeah. So I, I just, uh, and don't get me wrong. I don't want to poo poo the event, but I don't either. And I, I also think that we are moving into a new era and this gets back to what you were saying too, of the internationalization of podcasting. It's definitely, I'm the things that I keep hearing outside of the U S is that things are growing faster outside of the U S than in the U S right now in the podcasting realm. No, I don't believe that. You don't No, I, I think based on what I see is the U S numbers are keeping pace. Now what's changed is there's definitely, you know, the women are, are kicking butt right now. They they are leading the pack by far. A new podcast being created. So, you're you're speaking more broadly on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree, and I think we've seen that trend line for for, for a while. while now. Yeah. Right. So I don't. I don't know. Years, and if, if it is growing internationally, great. You know, uh, I, I I hope so. I hope it continues. But just you know, from what I see, it's about pacing the same. So. Well, I think what's different is the expectations of the medium are a little different outside of the U.S. than in the U.S. And what what content creators think about, since a lot of those markets outside of the U.S. are very radio-centric um, in, in how they think about media, um, that tends to skew their expectations around 
um, content and accessibility. And I think it's been slow to, to, to ramp up on the indie side um, where a lot of the commercial interests were focused mainly on the larger media companies that were in those countries. I, I think Canada is a great example of that. Um, but, but also down in Australia and things like that. It, and, and I do think that those markets have progressed a lot faster towards the professionalization of podcasting um, than what originally happened here in the U S where it was kind of like really all about indies and all about, you know, um, breaking the mold of radio. I don't see that happening so much in, outside of the U S of the breaking of the mold of radio. I think that they see radio and podcasting to be a little bit more aligned, um, than I think we do here in the U S. Well, I, I, uh, I'm hearing that there is, uh, you know, since, uh, the, the quote unquote end of COVID here in the United States, uh, you know, and the draconian measures that were taking place across the country, I think what radio is starting to see is a huge, you know, I was told they're seeing a huge influx in advertising. People are marketing again, spending a lot of money. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, but at the same time, I think radio had a watershed moment when for a a period of 12 to 14 months, things just, went dry so i think they have this realization now that they can't be a one trick the model (laughs) they can't be a one trick pony anymore right and so we're starting to see more radio folks really embrace podcasting in a big way so um Mm -hmm. it's quite the you know compared to five years ago it's 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 pretty remarkable to see yeah and i'm not maybe you're seeing the same thing i'm not not getting invited to to speak at radio events much anymore. Of course, there hasn't been radio events, but, um, you know, I think that they've kind of established their own people on that side. I think for many years, you and I were going to probably half of the events we went to were right. radio events. Yeah. Uh, but then that those have kind of slowed down a little bit, obviously with the pandemic, but also just that they've got their own podcast experts now uh, that go, go to those events. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. we're still, you know, we're still taking calls from radio stations that are launching networks and still doing those right. deals. So, you know, they're still looking for, for solutions right. out there. Right. We just, we just, it's kind of funny because, um, we had a, well, how, I gotta be careful. We had a network, very big network, um, that had been hosting on a, quote unquote free platform mm. figure out that that wasn't going to work. It just wasn't going to work. There was limitations in the platform. They just given up too much control and a whole bunch of other mm-hmm. things and came over and talked to us. And, you know, we, we basically laid it out and they had some sticker shock, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't, it's not for, for a corporation, a big corporation. It shouldn't have been a big, and especially with the number of shows, the multiples, and I'll say mm-hmm. it was it was more than 10, but less than 50, somewhere in between, launching that many shows. I'm like, okay, you're, you're launching this many shows, brand new shows, straight out of the gate. But you, you figured in cost for talent and, and all this other stuff. You figured that right. all out. But then you get a little gun shy of a, of a hosting bill that might be three, $400 a month, you know, right. that it's like, uh, really, uh, you know, well, just take that show over to anchor, right. You know, right. and, 
uh, well, that I won't say where they were before, but you know, they realized that limitation. Right. And so that got them a little sticker shock. I'm like, yes, uh, we have a building. We have people, we pay our people benefits. We have a hosting bill. Um, no, we can't be free. And right. Right. I don't have a bottomless pit of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it was interesting that Stitcher announced that they had signed an exclusive national distribution deal with uh, with uh, U.S. public radio station um, NHPR, which I think is New Hampshire Public Radio. I think. So why did they break from the mold? That's the question. I well, don't... It, because uh, NPR has been pretty hardcore in keeping their affiliates all in the in the family. Yeah, so something uh, is cracking in that uh, exclusivity window there. That's for sure. Hmm. It does make you go. Hmm. <laughs> and I did see the clubhouse has launched uh, replays, who? which means that they're now. Uh, I know who who, who? Ha, ha 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 um, has launched recording abilities. Oh, I don't know if you saw that or not. Tom. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I know. You, <laughs> they're actually recording uh, the AAC format oh. at uh, 56 kilobit stereo. Oh, wow. Um, at uh, 48 kilohertz uh, sample rate. <sighs> Lovely. So, 56K. Whoo, stereo. Wow. Well, they thought that they were probably getting a higher quality by going with the 48 kilohertz on the uh, sample rate. Right? Uh, yeah, whatever. So that'll that'll bump the quality up a little bit. So I think <laughs> this puts it at probably the equivalent of a 64K um, serial file, right? Okay, great. Well, on an MP3 format, right? Mm-hmm. right? Okay. But the 48 kilohertz is a non-standard um, sample rate for podcast. What, what company are we talking about again? Clubhouse. Oh, they're still around. Yeah, they're still around. <laughs> well, they keep adding adding new features to the platform. You know, they're Mike says fifty six credit for trying fifty six k stereo will sound wonderful in big capital letters. <sighs> yeah, that's not like well, a damn broken record. Shh. <laughs> Well, the AAC supposedly that format is more more efficient uh-huh. in its encoding than MP3 is. So, right, um, it probably doesn't sound as bad as we maybe think it does. Yeah. So, right, but it's still. I mean, taking it out of there means you got to drop it into a wave editor of some sort, and then you have to re-encode it again. So, just you know, that's one of the downsides of having a low bitrate uh, master file, right? Yeah. Is that what you have outcome is because you have to re-encode it again, you even lose more quality. So they would have been smarter to get an export at like maybe a 96K or something like that. So at least you can get a decent um, quality on the export. Robert says, I meant per download, a thousand downloads equals a thousand dollars or whatever the download rate is. Podcasting is worth, deserves it. Though I tell you, if we could get a thousand, if we could get a dollar a download, whoo. But if you got to think about it, Robert, from a, from a the stance if right. if you know if if you if you are out and you're spending let's say fifty dollars to acquire a new customer when you do any mm-hmm. type of advertising it all comes back to what the goal was did we acquire customers did we sell a product did we get a lead and most companies 
well, not all, but most smart companies will know what their acquisition rate is, how much money they have to spend to acquire a customer. Mm-hmm. Certain podcasting companies spend an enormous amount of money to acquire a customer, almost a year's worth of their hosting bill to acquire one customer. But mm-hmm. the it's really crazy. Anyway, the um, so if if I let's say that um, I'm selling um, whatever it may be, whatever product. And mm-hmm. it caught, and I know that it's cost me about thirty dollars to acquire a customer through traditional digital TV, radio, whatever type of advertising we're doing. And you go out and you charge way more on a podcast, and mm-hmm. do not deliver an acquisition cost at or below thirty dollars. They're not going to spend any more money with you. They're going to spend money where they can that meets their acquisition rates. So right. therein lies the challenge. We all think now, if, if you're a neurosurgeon and you have a super yeah. niche show, then right. you can probably charge $20 a listener mm-hmm. versus or $20 a download versus $25 per thousand. It all depends on the content. So there's a lot of right. context here. Um, right. But generally, I always, you know, this is something I tell podcasters, I want $600 an episode. And I'm like, okay, you're going to get that for one episode or two. And that advertiser will never come back because you weren't able to deliver mm-hmm. what you want. I know a big advertiser, I mean, a big show, it costs $20,000 to advertise on their podcast. $20,000 an episode is what it cost wow. to be on the episode. Wow. And ran a campaign on that show. And it actually recommended, and we've talked, I've shared this before, I'm sure, told the client, this isn't going to work. This is not a good show to run this product on. I actually made him sign a disclosure statement saying that they won't come back and ask for make goods or anything because we'd advise them not to advertise on this show. And they spent the 20000 anyway and got zero referrals. Wow. Ultimately, the guy that signed the deal at that company fired he got fired because he spent 20 grand and got zero return right you basically threw your money and burned it and burned it whereas if they listened to us and we just spread that twenty thousand dollars across 30 shows they'd have got a much better return on their value and we'd align them with shows that made sense for the advertiser and we may have been able to get a little bit of a premium on the CPM. But the challenge that we have to really understand is that it's a, it's a value. You're doing a transaction here. You're giving value for value. And the, the value they're giving you is their money to advertise their stuff. Now, if you have a listener-supported right. show, your listeners give you money for the value doing your content. Advertising support. So the advertiser is giving you money for the value of your content and your word and your ability to deliver a great host endorsement and be convincing enough to say, go buy this, you know, type of water or whatever it may be. Um, so I, I think that oftentimes content creators get, and I they don't take this wrong way, but a little ahead of themselves. Yeah. 
And I see it in podcast forums all the time because you got these snake oil salesmen that are in the podcast forums. They're saying, oh, you should, you deserve and you should get $300 an episode. Let me show you how to do that. Well, I've told those types of people, I'll give you all my inventory. I'll give you every download in my system. You can deliver those types of rates. I, I will let you have it all. You can have it all. Yeah. You can sell it all day long. I'll just take a few points. You can have it and be and and we're we're good. Crickets, crickets. Yeah, because right. no one can de- no one delivers that again. But show by show, you know, if if you're doing a show that's very niche, that audience is very valuable. Maybe. Right, right. So also, you know, this kind of came out while we were not. You know, during the time frame of us not doing the show, but Evo Terra, you know, I, I thought it was entertaining his comments about running Facebook ads to promote a podcast, right? See, I've had opposite, I've had good success running Facebook Have ads. Have you? Yeah. Have you? I guess, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the ad, right? Yeah. It's about you the know. copy. It's about the creative. It's yeah. about. And that's, that's the bottom line to this whole conversation about advertising in general. It, people get so focused on the technology of the advertising and lose focus on the importance of the content of the ad. Um, I don't hear people talking about the content of the ads being no. the most important thing, right? And that's exactly what this is. Because, I mean, he, he Evo Terra, I, I guess he ran a campaign, and he, he, sa- he says he spent $360, and he got 10 new listeners. $36 per listener yep. acquisition cost. Right, right. But how did he know he really got 10? How did he know he got 10? That's a very good question, Todd. I don't know how you would. Mm-hmm. Did he say in the show, if you came here because of the Facebook ad, send me an email? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, there's no, no attribution linked up. No. There, so so right. how did you determine you, you got 10? Sometimes it's about the... The direct, res- the direct result, well, let me just back up for a second. My Facebook page and the number of listens to this show and my other show are doing very well. We're doing very well on Facebook. Mm-hmm. From, a, from a, I'm actually shocked. Uh, on my, the advertising side? No, on how many people are listening to. Oh. Now, my, my Geek News Central show my numbers are up 20%. So are you talking about the, the integration on pages or are you yes, talking about? Yes. Okay. Okay. My, my numbers are up 20% from, from Facebook on Geek News Central. This show is not as much, but I seen a dramatic increase. Hmm. Um, and so what, what do you attribute that difference? A, a good question. I'm asking the audience who's listening via Facebook, please email me. I want to know why, how, when, where are you existing? Are you listening to places? Yeah. I'm asking those questions and. Well, your geek news central show appeals to a much potential, larger, potentially larger pool of potential listeners. So then this show does, right. This show caters to a fairly narrow niche. Right. So you're, Potential upside with Geek New Central is just generally more. And it's, 
And I'm right. I'm not this I'm not alone. I've heard other people come to me. They're coming to me. I'm getting emails periodically and saying, "What is this? Or, you know, where's this coming from?" Mm-hmm. And we go in and we look. Now, fa- I think Facebook has a known issue. They've got like five user agents and some stuff they're not reporting. It's 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 a mess. They say mm-hmm. they're going to fix it, and they mm-hmm. they need to. Hey, I know you're listening. I think listening. Fix the user agent stuff now, please. Make that a priority one fix. Because I'm having I'm having to like dig through data. It shouldn't be this hard to come up with the actual percentages for Facebook. But mm-hmm. and some of it's probably looks like Apple. So it depends on what they're what they're reporting through. Right. It, right? What kind yeah. of phone they have. It's a it's a whole the whole deal. So fix right. the user agent thing. Get that done, Facebook, please. And then maybe I can talk even more boldly about you but yeah i'm seeing dramatic uptick i i would expect that that would be the case i mean if you've got community on facebook i would think that that would be the case but my facebook page really doesn't have that many people that are following Mm it Mm -hmm. um let's see here let me look at what the total followers is for page so there's about two point uh, twenty six hundred likes of the of the page is what that current my Geekness Central page has got. Now let me let me see if I can do this here. Yeah, so twenty so they- twenty six hundred people are are have liked that. Now if I go and look at the um, new media show. That page, we have 449 likes on that page. Right. So if you don't like, haven't liked our page on Facebook yet, please do so. But, you know, we can see, we can see here we're live and you can actually see that's kind of a mirror and mirror type of thing going on. That's fun. So ultimately, Facebook has an opportunity here to deliver some real numbers. Mm-hmm. And my prediction is they'll be the number two podcast listening platform in under a year. Yeah, that would be my guess too. I agree with you. I think they're going to eclipse Spotify just by scale. Just, just the scale. Yeah. It just right. There's there's really no other platform like it. Except for maybe Google. But Google is kind of I think in a transition phase right now. So we shall see what happens from them. I'm not going to count them out. <laughs> yeah. No, I would never count out Google in this capacity with what they have going on. But you, um, get, you guys kind of alluded to it a little bit that you saw the Facebook numbers were promising. Yeah. No, I think and it makes sense that it's promising. I don't think it's going to shock anyone. Um, you just look at the scale of that platform and the engagement that they have. It's just off the charts. I mean, there's no other platform like it. So, so, and I did notice also iHeart uh, reported their results, their yep. public company. So I guess they had podcast revenue of 64 uh, million for the quarter. That's almost double um, year over year uh, on the podcast I, revenue I, I'm side. I'm actually pretty shocked it's that much. That's only uh, 6.8% of the overall company revenue. So, so think about it in that context. 
but so, but still, sixty four million is a pretty big number. I would have not expected them to be that high on that's, the number that's, of shows they have. That's like a little bit more than twice the size of um, the cumulus numbers that we mm-hmm. talked about earlier. Um, yeah, the Audacity folks. Um, so that tells you a little bit of, of about their difference in their scale of their platform. Right. But if you think, so if we think then, if we go back and think about iHeart and then we think about Spotify and then the amount of money that Spotify has spent. Um, yeah, that's revenue. That's not profit. Yeah. They, they've got a, they've got a, they got a long way to go to make that investment pay off. Right. And what, what are they up to? 800 million or something like that, that they've spent, they've spent a huge amount of money. And all these deals they've signed, those are millions each. So, so did you see the live one numbers as the, the owners of podcast one yeah, that did. came out? Yeah. yeah. Divided by six or should, is it, you think that's pretty accurate? They're, well, they're claiming, um, what, uh, it doesn't say what the, it said downloads in the year ending September 30th. So this is a 12 month number. 2.48 billion downloads, Todd. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't believe that that's IAB certified numbers, though. 2.4 billion. 2.48 billion for them for a year. Billion downloads in the year ending September 30th. I don't think my calculator. The company made a net loss of more than $15 million. The stock price. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on hold, 18%. Hold on, hold on. You said they had a what? A net loss? A a net loss of more than $15 million. And the stock price sank 18.5% as a result. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get the calculator out. I don't know if my calculator will go into the billions. So that's 2480. Zero, zero, zero. Is that enough zeros? Let's see. I got, there is, um, all right, there's a million. There's 100 million. Okay, so divided by 1,000 equals uh, 24, uh, is that right? 2.48 million billable units. I think I did that right. Maybe I'm missing a zero here. That's high school math going on. Well, uh, somehow I think I'm wrong, but let me, let me. I think it's like 248 um, million, right? If it's billion. No, no. Billion is, is 2480. Right. Zero, 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 zero. Okay. So two point. Boy, that's a lot of money. If we could just cat, if we could retire, Rob, um, I'll just, just take downloads. Yeah, so I know. So let's again. We'll divide that by a thousand and multiply that by twenty-five, and right. let's now that ends up with sixty-two million dollars. Now let me divide that by six. <laughs> well, well, well. That platform only does fifty-fifty deals. Okay. Well. Again, my point was is two point four. Okay, let me uh, let me start. 
<laughs> I better be careful. Um, $2.48 billion. Ladies and gentlemen, please, at this time, put on your boots. And don't put on just boots. Put on hip waders because a river of bull crap is coming our way. 2.48 billion downloads. Get, please. In 12 months. Please. Yeah. And, and they lost how much money? $15 million? No, $15 million. If you had 2.48 billion downloads, they would by far be the richest podcast hosting company in existence. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if they announce their overall revenue numbers here. 2.48 billion. Because they are a public company. Um, yeah. The, Mike the, doesn't, Mike doesn't believe me. Facebook will be number two. I believe in one year, Facebook will be number two. I think there's a pretty high likelihood that's the case. I can't imagine any other platform besides Google. If Spotify move 8% right. for us, right? Hey, come on. We'll see. We'll see. I might be wrong. Yeah. I look at okay, my own. So, yeah, okay. Ahead. So I, I found their, their numbers. It shows for six months ending for six months ending September 30th revenue increased 142% to a record 60.7 million. Now that's not um, exclusively right. podcasting. That's that's X uh, live XLI podcast yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. radio, um, gramophone media. That's still an impressive you know, number. Sixty stuff. million. Right. Yeah, that that's for a six month period. So, so I wonder what do they don't tell what percentage of the business is a podcast business. Uh, that's what I'm scanning to try and find here. I don't, I don't see that they break it out, which would make it, sense. Yeah. But they be, wouldn't. Yeah. It would be nice to see it. Right. 2.48 billion. But it probably. That, and that is true. That is not IB certified. Have they, they've never become IB certified, have they? Not that I'm aware of. Uh-uh. uh-uh. So, you know, isn't that funny? Ladies and gentlemen, isn't that funny that one of the biggest companies that have 2.48 billion downloads for the last preceding year reported that number and had a $15 million loss yet, yet they're not IV certified. Hmm. Hmm. And there is a history of numbers being rather inflated. Didn't say that. On, I didn't on say that, that platform. I know, <laughs> but I can say it cause I used to work, work there. So I, um, I always, yeah, I mean, not, I mean, Inflated is probably not the right term. Let me take that back. Um, it's more that it, it's not being filtered like an IAB certified platform would filter it. It's just not. So, um, so it does. So it says here they have 235 shows, exclusive shows, and it produces more than 300 podcast episodes per week. Let's see here. Let me divide that again by 12. Yeah, that's more like it. So I'm suspecting. It still doesn't share what the revenue numbers were. No, but. Podcasts. If someone told me they had 34 million downloads a month. 
Yeah, I think that's even a little high. Uh, I'll, I'll just, I use the divisor. I would say that they could have 34. In my, in my guesstimation, Todd's factoring factor <laughs> that I've always used with them, um, I would say they have about 34 million downloads a month. And now, how many shows? Divide a bit. How many shows? 125? Uh, I think it was 235. And then how many episodes a month? Uh, was it 300? Oh, so there we go. That's the number. Look, divide it by 300 again. That means that each show averaged out has to get 114,814 downloads an episode with Todd's math. Now, let's go back up and do their math. Two... Four eight zero, one mm-hmm. two three one two three. Now that was twelve months, right? That was a twelve month period, right? Divided by twelve. So, and then if so, taking that number. So, well, well I think the I think it, actually the two point four eight. Okay, yeah, it would be for twelve months. Okay, right. so I divided that by twelve. Right. Okay. That gives me their monthly number. Now they've got right. 300 episodes a month. Right. See, see, this is, this is where things get interesting. No, not, I, this number is going to blow everyone away. So I'm going to divide by 300. And that means, oh my God, Rob, we have a, we have, we have a miracle. Do we, oh, we do. We do. Oh, wow. We wow. have 300 shows. No, 300 episodes on that network that are getting a minimum of 688,000 downloads per episode. Each of them, on average, have to get 688. See, this is where someone didn't do the math. 688,888 downloads per episode per show. Hmm. On, an, on a non-IAB certified platform. Now, right. that's using their numbers. And I, let right. me throw Todd's devising factor back into there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw my division in there. And still, and still, every one of those 300,000 shows still has to get 114,814 downloads every episode. That's using my math. That's using the math that I right. would say would might be reasonable. Right. Hmm. I, I need more than I hey um, please uh, please bring the scuba gear over. I, I need the scuba tank and the air mask, please. The room is very fast filling. This right. are they they're not a public company, are they? Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're, they're Re- actually traded on the NASDAQ. Their their LVO is their trading symbol. LVO. Live one. So these are these are stock market Do you, public company reported um, numbers. So there's this cool, cool thing that happened after Lehman Brothers went out of business. Right. right. And left millions of people investments down the drain and did huge 
financial wreckage across America and the world. There's this act that came out was called Sarbanes Oxley. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, their, their stock market, um, close today In, closed at $2 and 30 cents a share. So just so I'll say this, this is Todd's opinion only. Mm-hmm. This is the, you know, this is my speculation only. Right. Boy, I would, I would love to be able to audit those log files. Right. Well, yeah. Well, that's never going to happen. Um, so their 52-week high on their stock uh, was $6.95 a share. Their 52-week low uh, was $1.78. Oh, very close to being delisted. Um, and it looks like uh, in between November 9th and 10th, they dipped down to the, like $2.20 some cents. Here's the thing. The financial numbers are the financial numbers. I'm sure their financial numbers are absolutely right. I'm sure yeah, that right. they are right. dead They're on. Reporting, reporting their revenue and their yeah. losses, whatever yeah. that is. I'm sure. But, but that right. $2.48 billion download right. number. They don't really have to be accountable for that. Nope. Because they didn't say how much revenue that generated or anything. Right. So conveniently just, just like, Hey, Rob, did you know that last month I, I myself counted in log files over 1 million downloads. I physically counted the, the, the log files. I went through and looked at every line and got them over a million counted over a million. Wow. Amazing. Isn't it? That's good. It is. Think about, right. uh, I didn't have time to eat, sleep, nothing. I just looked at spreadsheets all day. Right. <laughs> I'm being a sarcastic. <laughs> you know, mm, if, yeah. if you're, if you're, whoever is doing the fuzzy math, you know, hey, Rob. Well, everybody knows <laughs> what's going on. Rob, well, you know, we got 300 shows, 300 episodes a month. You know, what's, what's, and this is, this is a conversation Todd's hypothetically having with an imaginary, no, this is imaginary, some imaginary being. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, we got to make the network look great, right? And yeah. um, if we have, um, if all of our episodes get more than 100,000 downloads, that, that's going to make us look like superstars. We're, we're going to be, we're going to be lauded as the, the kings of podcasting, all of our shows. It's a hundred. And someone over in the corner says, Todd, 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 you're not thinking big enough. Right. It wasn't a hundred. It wasn't a hundred thousand. It, it's got to be 800,000 downloads mm -hmm. per episode. Then we are the undisputed kings of podcasting and our 300 episodes annually we'll get 2.48 billion downloads that's a beautiful story yeah well it is a beautiful story 
in my humble in in my opinion, a fairy tale. <laughs> now, you know, it's all on. about perceptions. Oh, right? That's what it's, it's all about. It's right? all about perceptions. Right. Right. Just like yeah. just like every and we're almost at the out of the time. It's just like Todd, Todd, hey, I I want to run advertising in my show. I said, congratulations. We're do, I'm doing great. Yeah, I've got I've got uh, thirty five thousand downloads per episode, and I'm like, congratulations. We'd love to rep you and and put advertising your stuff. Just I just need one do one thing. I need you to run our stats for two weeks, and in two weeks we can have another call and 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 get you on board, get you ramped up, get you in front of the media buyers. Dun da da da. And they get on the stats and dun da da da. I haven't had one of those in a long time, but those were always fun in the past. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rick says inflated is not the word I would use. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It just was never uh, accurate to begin with. Oh right? my God. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, none of us have a clean house completely. Yeah, I mean, it's been a bumpy road to get in the stats in the podcasting space. No question yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. There's nobody in the space that has a a hundred percent clean no, track record. No, we we've all had to make adjustments here and there. Yeah, you know, most yeah. of us made the adjustments after when we were getting IEB certified. If there had to be an adjustment, it had to be made. Right, and, and we've always said that those that put it off are going to face the most pain. Right. And I believe that it is mostly over with for most people in the podcast. Yeah, space. I think almost everyone. Yeah. Yeah. There's still a few out there though. Yeah, there is. But anyway, it's yeah. it's entertaining to be able to talk. Did you guys have an entertaining time? Do any of you have insider information? Does any any of you sitting on information you'd like to share with us for us to to debate and talk about during the podcast? Well, we would love to hear from you. Sadly, we're not going to be here next week because I have to go have a quarter-sized hole drilled out of my back. So I'm having my follow-on dermatologist appointment. Yeah, I'm I'm having a medical procedure done too. So oh. yeah. Well, I'm they go they're going down to the muscle or mm-hmm. to the, the 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 white layer before the muscle. That's where they're right. going to. So I should have a good owie on my back when I return. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's going to be a few days of uh, Tylenol as that heals up, but mm-hmm. um, should make for a nice scab war story. Yep. Um, again, for those of you that were not aware, I had a very, 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 very bad pre-melanoma in the severe category. If you have a spot on your body, please go see your doctor. Don't don't waste any time because it's the number two killer of people in this country, or I think in the world. Right. So if something looks funny, go have it looked at, please. It doesn't cost too, uh, too much to have a biopsy, even if you uh, don't have good insurance. It's Dermatologists mm-hmm. are relatively inexpensive. Yeah. Because all they're doing is taking a piece of skin out and sending it to the lab. And sampling it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's where it will cost you your life if you don't have it dealt with. So um, uh, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. And I'm also on Twitter at uh, Rob Greenlee. Um, and you can find me over there and on all the other social platforms too. So you can find me anywhere. And then if you want to send me an email, send it to Rob G at Lipson.com. And love to hear from you. 
And, um, you know, Todd and I won't be back next week, but we will the following week, hopefully. And um, I think we're going to have a guest on that has started a new association. So it's the the National Podcast Association. Uh Uh-huh. So So we shall see. We shall. And everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for being uh, part of ours, our little family of podcasters. And, uh, oh, we did get it. Oh, I don't have it in front of me. We did get a sticker and a letter. Oh, Oh, man, I didn't. I'm sorry. I'll read it on the next show. I'll put it here on the table, make sure I have it. So if you want a sticker, there's a sticker from the show. Um, There's an address on the website. Send us your sticker. We'll send you a little sticker pack back as well for your uh, for your laptop or whatever. But uh, everyone, thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being again listener of the show. Everyone, take care. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.